Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello and welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am really grateful to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for pressing play. Welcome back to our listeners and welcome to our new listeners. I'm so grateful to have you all here. And this conversation that you guys are about to experience, when I finished this conversation with our guest today, Chenille, I got off the phone and I literally felt like I was high. Our vibration during this conversation just kept elevating and elevating. And by the time we got off, I sent her a message and I was like, holy crap, I literally feel like I'm high right now. So it's really fun what expanding conversations, deep conversations, meaningful conversations can do to our our vibrational frequency and how quickly that can raise when you're paying attention to it. So um, this is one of the things that I invite my clients to do, especially when they start to look at like who they're surrounding themselves by and to start to see if the five people that they spend the most time with, if they add energy to their life or if they take away energy from their life. And this is really important to start to take a look at in all of your relationships. Do people add energy, like when you're done talking to them, when you put down the phone, when you leave um, a social arrangement with them, do you feel more energized or do you feel drained? And if you feel drained, it could be for a few reasons. One is that you might not be setting boundaries. Maybe you're letting the person um, share toxic or negative thoughts over and over again, and you're not guiding them or letting them know that that doesn't feel good for you. Or maybe you answer the phone every single time it rings and you just pick it up without like making sure that you're in a space energetically to be prepared for that. So that's one reason why someone might drain your energy is actually you being responsible about your energy and what you allow in and what you allow in your conversations with your friends and family um, or even coworkers. And you know, you do have a choice of who you allow in your space. This doesn't have to look like, oh, I'm just gonna cut this person out because I have, um, you know, because they take energy away. You doesn't have to be exactly like that. Maybe you just start spending less time with them. One of the favorite quotes that I have um, in my mind right now is from Jim Rohn, and he says, don't go as often and don't stay as long. So just to give you some insight on how to surround yourself with people and how important it is to surround yourself with people who bring life to you, bring energy to you. It doesn't mean that they can't have a bad day. It doesn't mean that they can't share what's on their heart with you. They don't have to be perfectly happy all the time, but really start to notice the patterns and how you feel every time that you spend time with them. Okay, so this was one conversation that brought so much energy and aliveness to my life and I'm so excited for you to experience that and I want you to notice, start to notice energetically 
Um, this isn't a judgment thing for you about how you feel. Like it isn't a judgment about other people when you're in, in relationship to them. It's more of connecting to the feeling of how does it feel. So I want you to feel what it feels like to listen to this conversation and notice what it feels like in your body, okay? If you enjoy this episode, please make sure to take a screenshot to tag myself and to tag Chanel and also to leave a rating and review on iTunes because that will help this podcast to reach more women around the world so that they can experience the feminine frequency for themselves. I'm going to introduce our guest for today. Chanel is the creator of Seduction and Success, where she represents all things soul, sensuality, and success. She helps entrepreneurs pivot their business by bringing out their soulful and sexy inner seductress so that they can magnetize hashtag next level success with ease, pleasure, and without burnout. This conversation around sensuality and and um, seduction is something that used to make me really, really uncomfortable. And I'm so grateful that in these past few past few months, really, and over the past couple of years, but more so in the last few months, have I really started to engage in and actively open to more of a sensuality practice or pleasure practice. And it really does have me feeling way more connected to my body. So I'm excited for Chanel to open this conversation for you and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, Chanel. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am excited to have you here with us today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah, so grateful to have you here. And Chanel just told me she's calling in from Italy. We have a mutual connection, Renee Reese, who was also on the podcast a couple months ago. So I'm grateful for the introduction and um, excited to get to know you more. Same, 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 same. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, one of the questions that I like to ask and and just to like get to know you more is what is something or what is like your favorite type of play? Like what helps you to feel really like playful and um, Mm. more in that playful energy? So I... Oh, two things came to my mind when you asked. The first thing instantly was just dance. So like me and my sister, you know, we grew up in the Caribbean, in Jamaica, and we had our backyard and we would just go out there and have dance competitions with our other neighbors and our cousins and we'd make up dance routines. I love, love, love to dance. Nothing gets me going like music and some form of dancing. And then the second way I like to play is with water. So like, this is weird, but um, my, my hubby and I, we went to the Chinese store like three days ago and <laughs> got some water guns and like we put them in the, we fill them with water, right? And then we like put them in the freezer so the water gets really cold. <laughs> and then when he's in the shower, I like go in there and like start spritzing him with this ice cold water. So I mean like... Those are some of the ways I play, just like with water and dancing, like those two things. And I'm uh, just like on cloud nine. That yeah, is random so story. funny. I'm so happy that you shared that because I think one of the things that I've been working on both in my personal life and also in my relationship is 
continuing to create and intentionally invite in that the energy of play and curiosity and like especially right now just you know with how long the whole covid's been going on and everything that's going been going on in the world you know there's there's kind of feels like there's just this repetition in routine and it kind of feels this kind of there can be this sense of mundaneness and going through the motions and that's not usually how my life is but it's definitely kind of started to feel that way I think I would say in the last few weeks so I've I'm excited to hear about different ways that other people play too because I do think that it's easy to default into just the go through the motions, right? I think that yeah, it does 100%. take intentionality to bring playfulness into a relationship or playfulness yeah. into your personal life. True, true. Mm-hmm. And like, even just like talking to some of my family members, like how it's affecting their mental health and everything. But like, I think sometimes the the answer is actually the simplest thing. Like, I mean, a water gun. I think I paid like 80 cents for these, these water guns from the Chinese store. Like, literally, it was like the cheapest thing ever. But I think back to when we were kids and we we're playing with bubbles or we we're playing with water guns or we we're playing with water balloons. You know, they're so simple. But if we do them as adults, it does bring us back to that place of just pure joy, especially in hard times when, you know, you can have... A, like the lockdown and stuff taking a toll, toll on mental health and things. So I would encourage anybody who's listening right now, like what did you like to play when you were a kid? How about you like bring that back, you know, like play pranks on each other, like do things to just get yourself out of that rut and out of that routine so that you can shake things up. And it's actually a part of even what we're talking about today about sensuality. It's like feeling, experiencing, living and no one does it better than kids. So sometimes we just have to like take a step back and get back to like the basics of play. And I think one of the quotes that can sum that up, like simply something that my dad says, he says, sometimes you have to reverse in order to go go forward. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, if you're parked in the driveway and the car is facing the house, in order to move forward, you have to reverse in order to go where you're going. And it's the same, like we kind of are stuck in a little rut, like you were talking about. And sometimes to get out of the rut, we kind of have to like take a couple steps back and say, okay, how can I reconnect with me, the true me, the essence of me, the free me, the open me, the, un- the unattached me, and then use that as a springboard to like move forward, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, that definitely ties into just the energy of sensuality and, and it does take a lot of presence. So how did you get into the world of sensuality and seduction and um, this area that you're so passionate about now? You know, I feel like I've always been this person. Um, it's, it's, it's okay. So again, growing up in the Caribbean, we kind of have a little more openness to like being a little edgy or like more raunchy or you know a little more connected into like your body so even in terms of how we dance you know like the whining and the twirling like it's kind of embedded in our culture in a sense and in our dna in a way and so for me growing up i just remembered always like i have baby pictures of me (laughs) taking my 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 blouse and like tying it and like posing like i was a model and you know, like stealing my aunt's red lipstick and like just always wanting to just be like this glam, sexy 
person not and again this is why i say like it's not even a um you know we're talking before this and it's like it's not even about sex sensuality something completely different and then i realized that throughout my life i just had a way with people in terms of being charismatic you know whether it was in student politics you know like i was the national general secretary of my country the you know the students the student council body so that means all the students in the schools across the entire country voted for me and to be able to have something like that means that you're pulling some kind of charisma and then using that in jobs so before i even finished university i had a job like i had friends who one year after college they were still looking for a job already had a job before i even graduated and so i realized that it was this this essence within me of just believing i was worthy of what i wanted and that belief of being worthy allowed me to show up in situations as somebody who was worthy and the world responded to that and the truth is that our natural essence is that worthiness and that worthiness is what makes us sensual it's what makes us magnetic but it's our natural essence we are all born with it and if you think about a baby it does not matter if the baby is pooping, if they're puking, you want to go to them and be like, "Oh my god, you're so cute." Even if you don't want kids of your own, you may go to that baby and be like, "That kid's so cute." Like, they're so cute, right? So we're born with this natural magnetism, and we unlearn it because we're told, "Don't be so loud, sit down, don't talk, don't do this, be religious, be like this, be like that." And so all we're doing here is just like helping everybody to remember like who they really are they're worthy that's it like at the core that's that's who you are you know yeah so powerful and that's definitely the way that i teach worthiness and i love that you explained how like people forget their worthiness it's actually part of the spiritual path is that we we become separate from who we truly are and then the journey back home is coming yep. back to recognizing that everything that we desire, all the validation that we desire outside of us actually is already here within us. Um, yeah. So I love that story. And yeah, for you, it sounds like that was something that is part of your gift and is part of your your sole mission is to to teach women how to, or people, how to come back to that. So for you and your upbringing, did you feel like you had less influence of religion or restrictions? Like, were your parents pretty supportive and open, or has this been a journey for you really oh. establishing your worthiness? Oh, no. <laughs> Very strict, strict, strict house. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a child, you know, they'd give you a little bit of leeway to just like, oh, they take it as like, oh, it's just a child, they're playing. But as I grew older, it was just like, no, like, you know, my church, if anybody here listening knows about the Pentecostal church, like my church was a strict church. I was not able to wear makeup. I couldn't have jewelry. I couldn't wear, I couldn't pierce my ears. I couldn't do anything. And those are all things I love to do. Um, and so I feel like it was more of a rebellion in a sense, but in the same vein, even though I grew up in this household, I think having that expression as a child kind of allowed me to taste what it was like to be in my full essence. And I just didn't, I was also stubborn and I just didn't want anyone taking that away from me. So I remember when I, you know, wanted to pierce my ears for the first time, I wrote a presentation <laughs> with cue cards and everything. And I went into the living room. I said, dad, sit down, have a seat. 
And I gave him all the reasons why what the church says about piercing is wrong and why I want a piercing and why I'm old enough to decide. And I just, I just decided that I was going to get what I wanted. But I think that childhood, those childhood years of me getting that little leeway helped a lot. I think that really helped a lot. So, you know, I think religious wise, no, I was completely restricted, completely restricted. We would have, um, my school wore uniforms I would have jeans day, which is the one day every year where you get to wear jeans to school. And everybody has these pants on at the time. It was the bell foot pants, right? So it's like, you know, it hugs your leg to the knee and then it like flares off and everybody had pants on. And here I was the only girl in skirt. And I'm just like, who wears a jean skirt to a sports day, jeans day? I'm like, why am I here? Like, so I rebelled. I rebelled. I just remember the next year, I'm like, I'm not wearing skirt. And my mom was like, well, you're not allowed to wear pants. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to save my own money and I'm going to buy the pants because I'm not wearing a skirt, you know? So I think there was kind of like this rebel inside of me as well. I don't know where she came from, but she was like not having it for mm-hmm. the playing small. Yeah, I, can, I have a very similar essence and also grew up in a, in a I wouldn't say it was... Um, an orthodox religious background, but I, I did grow up also with religion as a guiding force in how my parents raised me. And, and I know that there are a lot of really beautiful things about religion, especially community and um, family structures. And also there's a lot of old school, old rules. And um, yeah. I think what you said, I love that you said that you had tasted, you had glimpses of what it was like and you had felt that and experienced yeah. that. And I think that if everyone looks back at some point in their life, even if it was when they were really young, or maybe there's just been times when you're in college or times where you had a little bit more freedom from the rules and the mold and the model that you need to be, like, I think we can all relate to like that feeling of at some point mm-hmm. feeling that freedom of who we really are. Um, so that was really beautiful that you shared that. And yeah, so you went from being in this, you know, really religious upbringing, upbringing to standing in your truth and, and really committing to what's authentic to you. And now you're in the space where you teach about sensuality. So you said before that there's a difference between sexuality and sensuality. Would you go a little bit deeper into that? Yes, absolutely. But before I do, I do want to say as well about, you know, when you talked about like the good things about religion. And I do want to say like, I'm somebody with like strong faith. Like my faith is, I consider myself very spiritual. But I think also having your own connection to God helps a lot too. And not just taking what somebody on a pulpit says, but actually seeking, you know, it's like seek and you will find. So actually take the time to seek. And I think everything that I've learned or believe is because I've taken the time to seek instead of just like being a blind sheep following the herd. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I just want to say that as well, because I think some, some people here may be in a situation where they're on that border of like, but I, do I subscribe to this? Do I not subscribe to this? And I want to tell you that like you were born as a spiritual being, you have the compass within you, allow yourself to seek and trust what you are being called to go in the direction of, not just based on what your minister used to say, or not even based on what the gurus are saying, because the truth is your path is your own and your soul knows what that is. So I just, I I don't know, I felt led to say that. So somebody Mm -hmm. listening probably needed to hear that. Now, as for your question about the difference between sexuality and sensuality, 
you know, sex, when we talk about sex in the blanket form or the straightforward form, we're talking about sexual intercourse. Now, when we talk about sensuality, sensuality comes from senses, right? It comes from the ability to feel, hear, touch, taste, see, experience. And when we talk about sensuality, it's really about having a deep connection with yourself. Now, in connecting with your body, of course, you're connecting to your sexual nature as well. So that's why sex is, you know, overlapping into that. And that brings in the whole thing of being sensual, being sexy, stimulating other people's senses, you know, with your sensuality. But for me, you know, I really believe that sensuality is connection at the, at the core. It is connecting to all of who you really are. And even outside of just sensuality as a connection, I specifically love the art of seduction. And the reason I love the seductress or seduction is because, you know, we talk about the divine feminine all the time and we hear, you know, the goddess, we hear the queen, we hear the mother, we hear the martyr even. We hear all the different elements within femininity and within feminine energy. The carer, we hear all of it. But there's one person who gets a bad reputation every time and I'm like, why? And that's the seductress. Like the seductress is my favorite, favorite piece within the, the divine feminine. Like she is the master manifester. Think about seduction. Seduct a seductress knows how to get anything she wants. If that's not manifesting, then I don't know what is. So the seductress is like the ultimate manifester. And the beautiful thing about seduction is that when you are embodying the seductress, you are experiencing pleasure because you're tapping into that sensuality and activating your senses but you're also helping the person on the receiving end of seduction to get pleasure too so you're never you've never i don't think you've ever been seduced and you're like oh my god or you've seduced somebody and the dude or the guy or the girl or whoever you're seducing they're like oh no stay away from me like you know if you're seducing them they're most times you know enjoying it they're receiving pleasure and so even when we think about like Robert Greene has this book, like The Art of Seduction. And for me, like I've read the book and I, I just don't subscribe to even how he talks about seductress in there because he's sharing it from a man's perspective. And he talks about seduction as like a form of manipulation. And in my mind, it's just like, that's the opposite of what seduction is. Seduction is juicy, open, like pleasure, sensuality, receiving, giving. It's like, it's just juicy. Like, I don't even, it's like diving your teeth, sinking your teeth into this juicy, ripe, sweet peach or mango. It's like, mm, it's scrumptious, right? That's what seduction really is. And so it's, it's very different from this manipulative person who's trying to get their way. No, a seductress, they're having fun. They're playing, they're flirting, they're on cloud nine and they pull you into that element with them as well. So I think sex is important and it's a huge part of it, but it's just one expression of the seductress. It's just one expression of your sensuality. Sensuality is all encompassing when it comes to your pleasure and your connection to yourself. And seduction is about you having that pleasure and sharing that pleasure, but allowing yourself to receive the desires that you have as well in the, in the, the long run too. Mm, yeah. And so juicy, all of that. 
Um, yeah, I think that it also, a lot of the work that you're sharing is that it is about connecting to your authentic self. And when we're connected to our authentic self, it's not about manipulation or ego. It comes from this place, like you mentioned, of pleasure and connection and, um, and soul and expression and soul. So you can't come from both places at the same time. When we think about seduction, I think why it's gotten such a bad reputation is, you know, in when you look at it from the male perspective or when we look at, you know, pickup artists, artists or, um, you know, just seduction. I mean, I guess in general, when we look at when you mix sensuality and seduction with sex, you get into the whole sex industry. And I think that's where it's like really shifted people's perspectives. But I mean, just in general, seduction, sensuality, sexuality for many people is just an area that brings up so much shame. And when there's shame, it also connects to, oh, that's bad or it's wrong. Mm -hmm. So I think there is a connection even just with the shame around being sensual and allowing that sensual part of you to be expressed as Mm -hmm. being like dirty or bad or wrong, which then if you're sharing that with someone else and there's seduction, I would imagine there's some some link between yeah. those. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's in, it's interesting, like, because you mentioned the word shame, and that was also the word that was coming to my mind as well. And it's such a shame <laughs> that shame is so heavy, but the frequency of shame is so, so heavy. Shame, guilt, it's wrong. And that does come from, um, you know, it comes from patriarchy and, like, politics of the olden days. And it also comes from, religion as well you know like the suppression of women because the truth is you know there's no they don't really look at men in a bad way when men are sensual beings when men are in tune with their penises and their bodies like nobody's looking at them in any kind of negative way when they're like seductive you see all these men and they will like flirt or whatever and it's like okay he's a guy but if women do that it's like she's a whore she's you know a slut she's like all these negative connotations are made to attach to that and I think it's going to take this generation to make that change it's going to take this generation to make that change so one of the things I'm 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 very much into femininity and feminine energy but I do still have like I feel like I'm pretty balanced when it comes to masculine and feminine energies and so in many ways I'm still very analytical and like you know like strategic in a way when it comes to certain things And when it comes to my business, I'm very much like that. So when I was looking at this whole quarantine situation, I was saying to myself, okay, well, what does the world need after I, after this quarantine? Because then my company can provide the solution and then, you know, being strategic, let's get creative with the marketing based on what people need. And then I was just like, no, but what if I created it? Feminine comes in and says, but wait, what if you created it based on what you want the world to be? And I was like, oh what I want the world to be, not what the world is going to be. I need to fit into the mold of that. What do I want the world to be? And I was just like, well, I want a world where women can feel sexy and sensual and just be unapologetic bad bitches without feeling shame or guilt. And I was just like, oh, hmm. I like that. So you see like the masculine side will come in and try to get all strategic and then the feminine will just be like, no, no, darling, this is what we're doing. (laughs) You know, like... This is like, she's, she just comes in and has like this. And, and this is one of the things like, you know, we talked about what I would be covering, some of the things I'd be covering and I'm covering and I talked about burnout. 
And burnout comes from the masculine side of things. Because if I was following that way of being strategic, then I would always have to be watching the news and seeing like, what did they say? And what are people struggling with? And then meeting that need. And, and that's a great, that's needed as well. But how much more pleasurable is it for me to just talk about the things that I want to talk about and help mold the world and change the fabric of society the way I want? Like, that's so much more fun. And so I just want to say for those of you who are here, you're listening and you feel shame and guilt, you have to look at the shame. Look at it. Face it. Do not run away from it. Do not hide from it. Actually look at it. Look at the situations in your life that brought about that shame. It could have been that, you know, maybe somebody, maybe you were abused. It could have been that maybe you liked a guy and he, you know, hurt you, um, you know, emotionally broke your heart. Or it could be, you know, maybe you felt somebody looked at you in a way and you felt unsafe, you know, being beautiful or being sexy or being seen even. And so I want you to look at what that memory is and allow yourself to process through, if you need help, of course, work with a mentor. We're both here. We have things that can help you or other, we can recommend people to you if needed, but work through those, or go to therapy, whatever you need to do, do that. But work through what those experiences, those memories, those stories, those situations created for you and realize that that is not who you are at a soul level. That does not define you. Okay. It's not your, it doesn't define you as to who you are. You get to be who you truly are. That's an experience, not your identity. And allow yourself as well to forgive yourself for the times you were making yourself wrong. Like I remember going like the first time I ever danced with a boy and I'm talking, I'm, I'm not talking about any waltzing. Okay. Like I'm talking about twerking over, bending over, hand on your knees, gyrating <laughs> with a boy. I remember Get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like, and at the time it was a Friday, there was a school social and I was doing all that thing, you know, you know, get my, get my work going, you know? And then I went to church after because <laughs> we had youth ministry. And I just remember this immense shame because I was the teens director. Okay. I was like supposed to be the one that was an example for the rest of the teenagers. And here I was twerking my ass off and I went to the teens ministry director and I started crying. And I said, sister rooms, I danced with a boy. I'm going to go to hell. I'm like, take this position of teens director from me. I'm not worthy of this position because I sinned and I'm bad. I was like freaking out, man. And she was laughing. I didn't understand why she was laughing because I feel like as an adult, she kind of understand like what was going on because she's, she's, she was cool. But she said to me, Chanel, I'm not going to take the position away from you. I think you've suffered enough. You're beating yourself up enough, enough around this. Like, ask for forgiveness i mean you know like typical like ask for forgiveness you're gonna be fine and now you can learn from this example and be a better teens director whatever and i was just like oh my god like i let go of the shame around it right because i got forgiveness and in this way you know you may not have a sister rooms in your life to tell you to just like let it go but i'm here to tell you let it go sis let that shit go. Like whatever the thing is that you're holding on to. Yes, you had sex before you got married and you lost your virginity or blah, 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 blah. Whatever the 10 things are that happened to you that you have made a crutch in your life to hold you back from being sexy. 
juicy, happy, free, open, seductive, sensual, forgive yourself, let it go, and understand that like you get to just live, you get to be, you get to experience. Okay? Okay. Okay. She's going to be your sister Rome's today. <laughs> but the beautiful part about that is had you gone to her and you shared your shared everything you felt guilty about and she had said, yeah, you're right. Like this is horrible. You know, shame, sh- if shame is met with love and shame is, le- is met with understanding, that's when we can free it. And so yeah. I think that's something that yes, we can we can do for ourselves in some ways, yet what I've seen is when shame is met by other people, whether it is a mentor or a group of other women who witness you yeah. in something that you literally feel that you're broken because of it, or there's something that you yeah. did that makes you like a horrible person. And when you're met with it and you see that it doesn't define you and that other people still love you and that everyone's human that's when shame can really powerfully dissolve when it's being witnessed. So I think there's a lot of this work that we can do on our own, yet there's a lot of the work that I believe that we need reflections and that we need other people outside of ourselves to support in the healing process. Yeah, I love that you shared that because that was, I actually never saw it that way. So that for me is like, whoop. Mm. breakthrough right there because that you're right like if she had said yes you're a whore you're gonna burn I'm like oh my god <laughs> like my whole life would probably be a different story right now I'd probably not be here talking about <laughs> so you know yeah I, I agree I agree with you 100% like and I feel I feel like for those of you who are here listening like reach out to to Amy like reach out to me like we're not here by accident. You're not listening to this specific moment in time by accident. And if you do know you have the shame around it, there's support here. You know, there's, there's a whole community that listens to this podcast that is here as well. You know, like, like dive in, you know, dive in. So I love that. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that that was an aha or like a little new, new um, piece to your story. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So earlier you said that um, you can use seduction to get anything that you want, that it's a mm-hmm. really beautiful tool for manifesting. So I'm sure there's women who are listening who are really yeah. interested in manifesting because I know who mm-hmm. I attract. Um, uh-huh. And I'm sure they're curious a little bit more about that. How does that work when you're using yeah. your sensuality with manifestation? Mm-hmm. And I just want to add that I didn't just say that you can get anything you want. I also mentioned that you can get any one you want too. So all you ladies kind of manifest yourself a boo like up in here. Yeah, that's available too. And the, the thing is, it's not about like showing your tits to the internet and be like, hey, here I am. That's not what it's about. It's really, as I said, connecting to yourself because think about how you manifest right you manifest by becoming a vibrational match for the thing you want you manifest by becoming by embodying and living in working in swimming in vibing in the frequency of what you want now how can you feel the frequency of that essence of you if you are not connected to yourself it's never gonna happen if you are detached from yourself if you don't like yourself if you think you're not good enough if you think you're not worthy Good luck trying to connect to yourself, honey. And then good luck trying to manifest. That's number one. But number two is that when you're connected to your sensuality, 
it also activates your intuition okay because your sensuality is every essence every piece of your essence which includes your soul and the voice of your soul which is your intuitive voice and so if it is you're like well i want to create a seven figure business or a six figure business or i want to buy that house when you're tuning in to your intuitive guidance it'll be like okay do this video make this launch start this podcast call this person you know, do this specific thing. You will be guided as to what to do, right? And the action is going to cause a ripple effect for the, the manifestation to come into the third dimensional realm, into this realm, right? The physical realm. But if you are detached from yourself and you have all this voice of shame and things going on and you are not connected to your own internal compass, how will you get the manifestation going? How will you know what actions to take? Your intuition is always talking to you, right? It's never stopped since the day you were born. It's always been there. Like, you know, the little videos when you see the little red guy on one shoulder, the white um, dude on one shoulder, like, hey, don't do it. Hey, do it. You know, like your intuition has always been there. Okay. But if you're not connected to your true essence, yourself, your body, you will not know the difference. You will not hear the voice clearly, right? You will hear the voice of fear and feel as if fear is the, is the intuitive hit. So here's a little tip for you guys on how to know when it is your intuition. When you take a deep breath, everybody take a deep breath in. Inhale, exhale, relax your shoulders, sink into the seat, sink into the bed, relax. Ask yourself the question that you've been on, having on your mind this whole time. Should I move? Should I this? What should I do? Now, I want you to pay attention to the answer that comes through within the first three seconds. That's your intuitive voice. Stop right there because everything after the four second mark is the voice of fear. This is not me. Coming up with it, this is literally the science of how intuition works. Because as much as we talk about religion, God is not a God of disorder, right? So there's a scientific way within how every element within our being works. There's a science behind it. And what happens is when you ask the question of what should I do? Should I buy the thing? Should I call the person? Should I do this thing? Should I start this business? The answer you get within those first three to four seconds is coming from your intuition. What happens at the four second mark is that your brain, your subconscious mind comes in and says, wait a minute. Oh my God, she's wanting to change. No, 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 no. Red alert, red alert. We can't have that. So then it gives you an answer to the same question that is going to keep you in your comfort zone because it doesn't want you to change because when you change, it's unpredictable. It's like, but what if, you know, we don't know what happens if she does that. So your subconscious mind always brings from the voice of fear, comes through and says, no. It literally looks at the question in the context of your current situation and gives you an answer that is going to keep you safe. Safe in air quotes, because safe to your subconscious mind just means continuing to do what we're doing because we know what to expect. So what I teach my clients is, Hashtag instant action. 
when you ask for the, the clarity, whatever you get in that first three to four seconds, get off your ass immediately. I don't care if it's 4 a.m. in the morning. I mean, when you, when you kind of gotten the rhythm, you don't need to do this at 4 a.m. in the morning. But at 4 a.m. in the morning, I don't care. Go do the thing. Make the live stream. Call the person. Look up the thing. Do the thing you're, you're led to do right then and there. Because then you start the ripple effect towards momentum, towards growth, towards change versus allowing that four second mark to come in where you start to overanalyze, overthink. And, but what about this? But what about this? But I don't need this. Should I buy this domain? Should I get this website? Should I fix this? Should I? And then six months later, homegirl, you've not done anything about the thing that you know you were to do three seconds into asking the question. I love you, but it's time. We stop that shit right now. Okay? Okay. So that's kind of how you tap into your intuition when it comes to manifesting because your intuition always knows the fastest path to the goal, to the goal and the joyful path to the goal. So it's kind of like you sitting here in Miami and you want to go to New York. You could walk to New York from Miami. It would take you a hell of a long time, but you would get there. You could walk. You could ride a bicycle. You could take the Greyhound or the Megabus, or you could take a flight and spirit, or you could take a first-class flight, or you could take a private jet. Your intuition is the private jet. It will get you to your goal the fastest way, the most joyful way. It will be the scariest way, though. I will tell you this. It's going to be scary, but it will be accurate. It will be everything your soul knew it needed that you didn't know you knew you needed to know that you needed that you knew that you needed. Okay? We'll do a little, little wrap. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. It was so <laughs> powerful. And I know that there's a lot of people who don't listen to their intuition because they're so logical. And I find that when we give these um, frameworks and understanding, whether it's like understanding that in four seconds, then that's when your subconscious mind kicks in. Like just these frameworks are exactly what I believe that more analytical and logical people need in order to understand how intuition works and in order to trust intuition. So thank you for breaking that down. And I really wanted to highlight that the first thing that Chanel did before she asked you to ask that question to yourself, should I do this? Should I do that? Is she had you take a breath and relax and sit back and allow yourself to get into your body because intuition comes from the body. And so as we're talking about sensuality and all of the senses and really connecting to self, you know, we need that time to slow down. We need that breath. We need those moments of pausing and asking for guidance because that's another thing with intuition. If you're not asking, you won't hear anything. And then if you're not sitting and and giving yourself space, you won't listen. You won't, you won't hear the answers. So I, I I really want to highlight that whether it's one breath, if it takes you three breaths, whether you need to go outside to the ocean or to the mountains to allow yourself to connect. I don't care what it is, but knowing that intuition doesn't come from going from one thing to the next and then trying to figure out the answers all in your mind. Because yeah. if you feel stuck in a, in a problem or if you feel stuck with a decision, you could go around for years and yeah, still not get the answer. Been going around. That's probably why you're stuck because you've been going in your head back and forth. Like, but should I? But I don't know. But what should? I? Like you've already been going around in your mind. And the thing is, if you because we're talking about manifesting, seduct, I call it seductive manifesting. You know, it's if you want to have what you want, 
you're gonna have to be doing things that are different from what you're already doing. And this hamster wheel in your head, this running around questioning yourself, it's not gonna help you. And it's incredible because, you know, before we got on here, I was talking about like um, the bonus call I had with one of my clients today. And, you know, she was saying that to herself, she said, but how can I trust myself more when I do this process? Because she, she went through the process, she learned the process, she learned the theory, she was doing the practice of it. And it's like, one, hashtag instant action or hashtag act first, think later. Please stop overthinking, just act first, think later when it comes to intuition. But the second, the third thing is that you have to realize that you actually cannot make a mistake. You cannot make a mistake. Here's why. I asked her, I said, what is your favorite meal to cook? She said she likes to cook this meat with this peanut sauce. So I said, okay, if you were making the peanut sauce and you found out that there was too much salt in the peanut sauce, would you throw away the pot and say, I will never make this sauce again. I ruined it. I'm a horrible person. I failed. I suck at life. This is, the, this is horrible. I'm like, no, you would taste the, salt, the sauce. You'd probably like add some more water, add some more peanut to balance out the flavor of the salt. So when it comes to trusting yourself, it's also about trusting yourself to know that if something goes wrong, you are capable of resolving it. You put the cake in the oven, you take it out, you stick the knife in the middle, it's wet. You don't throw away the cake and say, I ruined it, I suck at making cakes, I failed, I flopped. I'm, I'm no, you put the cake back in the oven because you trust yourself to know that you're capable in five minutes to check it again to see if it's ready. So when you get those intuitive hits, it's scary. Yes. But take the action on them. Put the cake back into the oven. Trust yourself to do the thing. And know that you also trust yourself that if something ends up not working out the way you thought it should have, even though it's always working out how it should work, period. But even if it doesn't work out the way you thought it should have, you know exactly what to do next. You trust yourself to know how to course correct. Mm -hmm. oh, so powerful. And that's something that I, that came through very intuitively for me when I was teaching um, one of my courses this year was that self-trust is not just is yes, it's about trusting yourself to take action and to make a choice, but it's more about that second piece of trusting that if things don't go according to plan or if things feel like they're falling apart, that you can trust that you're resourced enough to be able to handle it. And even if you're not resourced enough, you can trust that you have support around you where there's someone else who's resourced that can support you. And so yeah. I think there's a lot of women who are afraid to ask for support, especially when things feel like they're falling apart. And so yeah. really want to emphasize that like the universe doesn't want you to struggle. The universe is here to support you. The universe wants you to feel supported. It wants you to win. It wants you to be joyful. It wants you to be abundant. Like that's what yeah. it wants for you. And if you allow in support, if you allow yourself to, to receive support, then you're never alone. Like it, it's, it's here for you. So, oh my God, we could talk literally all day long. <laughs> I've been having such good interviews lately. I'm like, I just want to stay on the interview all day. This is so good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for and sharing your magic. And I know your, your audience magic. feels the same. They're like, no, don't end the episode. I know. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll, we'll find another way to, to connect them with you and so they can continue learning. So 
Um, before we hopped on, we talked about a couple ways that they can continue learning from you. I know that you have a YouTube channel, Instagram, um, you're working on a new product. So why don't you share with them where they can, how they can connect with you? Okay, so if you want to connect with me personally, definitely check out my Instagram. It's Chanel Official. That's S H A N E I L Official. And if you if you literally search Chanel Official on YouTube, you'll find my channel there too, where I have videos on feminine energy and healing your feminine energy and how to tap into your seductress energy and all of that good stuff. Um, and for daily updates, just like behind the scenes, fun me just being me, being goofy, playing around, spraying, you know, um, water guns at people um, with ice cold water, you can find me on Instagram. But I do have a secret project, well, soon to be not so secret project um, coming out. It is my brand called Seducci, which is basically Italian for seducing. Um, so it's Seducci official on Instagram, S-E-D-U-C-I. And we're going to be creating high frequency products for you to tap into your sensuality. So the first product we're rolling out, I'm, so this is the first time I'm actually talking about this Yay. for anyone to hear, but it's going to be our sensuality journal and so it's a journal that you can buy and it has prompts in there. It's a guided journal to help you to tap into your sensuality. I'm so freaking excited about this journal. It's literally everything I've done with my clients and in my courses, but I've put it into a journal to just help you to just have it with you and go through it step by step. It's really, really good, really powerful, really, really transformative. And so you'll be able to get that in literally when, when this comes out, probably like a few days or so from when this live, this, this um, episode airs. So definitely head over to Seducci Official. We don't have any followers yet. We're going to be growing the account. Don't worry. So don't be afraid to be the first one to follow us or the 10th. Go ahead and follow. You know, there's nothing over there. <laughs> and come join the family. And throughout the rest of the year and into next year, we're going to be rolling out other products. So we have like a femininity kit that you can use, you know, monthly to just you know, be more connected to your sensuality and your femininity. We have some lingerie pieces coming out next year. Ooh. Some sexy sleepwear to help you to just feel like the divine seductress that you are, darling, while you cuddle up in your bed. You know, because most times people wear um, lingerie for some dude or some partner. Like, no, honey, we're wearing lingerie for ourselves because we're worth it. Like, that's yes. just who we are. <laughs> yeah. So, Seducci is going to be so good. It is, honestly, it's been on my heart for a very long time. And I'm just happy that it's now manifesting and materializing because I took the action finally instead of going into my own rabbit, mm -hmm. rabbit, you know, rabbit hole. But yeah, and I would love to have you guys. So definitely check us out. Well, if you're not seduced yet, then I don't know what you're waiting for. But <laughs> Chanel, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, such a gift to have you here. And I can't wait for everyone to come over and connect with you more. I'm going to check out your YouTube channel and I can't wait to come be maybe like your second follower on Seduci after oh, this. Thank so. you. <laughs> Thanks, All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. All right. And that's a wrap for our episode today. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend and head on over to iTunes to leave a five-star rating and a review. When you subscribe to this podcast, you will get notified every time a new episode is available. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.
Have a beautiful day.